Hello, church family. This is Marilyn Mitchell. I'm the Women's Ministry Director for New Visions Buchanan Campus, and here we are. Um, we've made it through the bulk of the Christmas season. Advent is winding down. The 12 days of Christmas is moving forward, and you know, it's a really easy time to completely shift gears, right? Um, if you're like me, you may already be putting away all your Christmas decor, moving ahead to the next thing um, and, and focusing on a new year. And, and that's perfectly fine. But I would like to um, thank you for joining us today. And, and I would like to encourage us to still our hearts and still our minds again for just a moment to really reflect on this past season um, and, and the coming one. But um, see what the Lord still has for us as we continue this journey of hope. Because, you know, the Lord is our Emmanuel always, not just at Christmas. And we need to remember that and, and we need to understand that. And today's verses that I want to read with you are going to be incredibly familiar, at least one of them. Um, I would dare say that most of us, this is the most enduring memory verse um, that you may have learned. Um, I think we go just about anywhere in the world and whether people um, claim to be Christ followers or not, some of them still actually kind of know this verse. And it's because it's, it's a great one to, for the gospel story. It's important. But I also think what is really wonderful about our um, lesson today is just that it, it doesn't stop at John 3, 16. We're going to also talk about John 3, 17 and 18, which are super important to the message overall. So I will jump right in with that. Um, you are free to say it along with me, of course. John 3, 16 through 18 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Well, I hope that as I attempted to do, that you will really take time to re-evaluate John 3.16, to really understand what it's saying and, and, and the verses following. Because it's so easy when we've memorized something, when we've heard it a zillion times, um, that we miss the message. And this message is as alive and active today as it was when it was written. God loves the world. He loves you. He loves me. And he gave his only son. He sacrificed his one and only son that if we would believe on him, we would have eternal life and not perish. And that is so powerful. What a gift. What a blessed gift. But I love this also verses 17 and 18, because I think this hits to the heart of where a lot of us finds ourselves. A lot of us find ourselves. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. So two things already that we've seen. God loves the world, gave his son for us so that we can have eternal life, and that he did not send his son to condemn, but to save. And I think this really challenges two things that almost is universal um, for those who are struggling or um, who are maybe still journeying, obviously, through their relationship with Christ. And that is fundamental beliefs. Do you believe that God loves you? That he truly, without reservation, without condition, loves you so much that just as you are, just as you have ever been, just as you have ever will be, that he gave a son so that you could spend eternity with him and would not perish. Do you believe that? 
Do you believe that he is for you, that he loves you? And then secondly, do you believe that he is not out to condemn, but to save? And I think some of us may have been able to um, reach that first level. Yes, we believe that God loves us. That's a fundamental truth. Obviously, he loves us. We believe it. We're thankful for the gift of his son. And yet we allow ourselves to live under condemnation and under the belief that he is the one condemning us. And that is just not true, friends. He did not send his son to condemn, but to save. And so now there is the second part of this, um, the, the ending part. It does say whoever does not believe does stand condemned. So that is a um, literal and um, convicting message that's intended to be so, that we do have a choice. And so those who do not choose to believe do stand condemned. But if we believe, if we accept the gift of Jesus Christ's blood on our behalf, then we are not condemned. I want you to just say it with me. I am loved. Okay, say it with me. I am loved and I am not condemned. One more time. I am not condemned. That's an absolute fact if you're a follower of Christ. And many of us have spent too many years under the weight of shame and condemnation that was never intended and never put on us by a loving, holy God. Jesus' blood is enough. It was enough. And there is nothing else we can add to it. There is nothing we could ever possibly need to do or be capable of doing that would enhance or detract from the pure completeness of the blood of Christ that covers us. And this was something that it did, It took me decades to really grasp and hold on to because there was a long period of time where I fully believed or thought I, I fully believed in the grace and forgiveness of God. And yet I somehow believed that I still deserved to punish myself for past mistakes. And that is a misunderstanding of who God is and what he's done. That's literally saying, Lord, your blood wasn't enough. I still have to do this other thing. And that was a very crushing blow to me when I realized what that meant that I felt that way. But here's the reality. I think many of you may feel the same way. We carry shame. We carry condemnation that is not ours. We are not condemned as believers. We're not. He loved us. He gave his son and he came to save us. What a beautiful gift. What hope we have. And if you can think, you know, the title of today's um, devotional in, in the devotional book that we're doing, The Waiting Here for You, An Advent Journey of Hope, the title is Hope Rising. And I pray that that's where we find you today as you hear these words, that the hope within you, the hope of glory, the hope of Christ will rise up and take its rightful place because there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And and that is a promise, that is a fact. And so I really hope um, that as we reflect back on this Advent season, even just these last few days, where are you holding on to something that is not yours to hold? Maybe there were unmet expectations in this season. Maybe there were hurts. Maybe there are people who are missing and life just isn't the same. Maybe um, you hoped for something different and that hope seems unmet. I want you to know that in this season, he is right there with you. And in the year to come, he will be right there with you. And he loves you. He is for you. 
and he is not here to condemn. He came to save, to save you from your fears, your worries, your sin, first and foremost. And as this season winds down, I want you to actively resist the urge to, as the decorations get put away, so does this intentionality in, in pursuing Christ and pursuing the hope of Advent, because it is a lifelong, year-long um, pursuit that we should all be about, is keeping our eyes fixed on the Savior, on the purpose for which he came, and the very reality that he is coming again. You know, we are still longing to see all of the promises of Scripture fulfilled, but we know that it's coming. We can take heart, we can take courage, we can take hope that it is coming. Christ has come, our sins are forgiven, death has been defeated, love has won. That's straight from our text today. And I hope, um, again, that, that you can see as you think about this Advent season, maybe there were some harder times, maybe there were some down times, but I pray that you've been able to see the light and joy and hope and peace that Christ offers and came to give us. And that now as this season winds down and moves on into the next, that we won't lose that. We won't lose our commitment to him or to what he has called us to do. I love the prayer in the text. And so I'm going to end with that. It says, Father, you have brought me this far in hopeful hopeful expectation. I am confident your mighty hand and great power are sufficient to lead me all the way home. Awaken my heart more and more to you. Live in me, Christ with me, for your glory. Amen. I am confident in his mighty hand and great power and in the sufficiency to bring us all home. I pray that you are as well. Be blessed. Thank you.